Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. Let's go to the Word. God gave me two words for you tonight. Two words. You want them now or you want me to hold them in for a minute? Give it to us now. All right, you ready? Here are the two words. Go out. Somebody say, go out. That's it. Go out. You'll understand it better by and by. Go out. Luke 14, verse 15 reads, first let me set this up. Jesus was invited to a dinner, a dinner party at one of the chief Pharisees, big shot, important person in the religious community and all the people who sat around the table were his colleagues and friends like, like him, people of great importance. And as Jesus sat there, he began to speak to them about a supper that was yet to come and that you could only enter by invitation to him. But as often was the case, as he spoke deep in parables, not everybody got it. But some of them did, at least partially. And this is where this text opens up. It says, now when one of those, there are many around the table, but when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Now I'm sure the person who spoke wanted something from Jesus, an amen or some agreement. Lord, did I get that right? But Jesus is a master teacher. He began to speak to them, to most of them, what was a mystery. I pray tonight that he would reveal mysteries to all of us so that what he said is not a mystery. Next verse. Then he said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many. Next verse. And sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are now ready. Leave that there for a moment. Now, Jesus is saying a certain man invited some people to come to supper. He tells his servant to go and invite them because all things are now ready. Now, this is the same Jesus who says, I'm going away. And if I go, I will come again to receive you to myself. And Philip said, Lord, where are you going? How do we, we don't know where you're going. How shall we know the way? Said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he gave them some more information. 
He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you might be also. In my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I say that because what Jesus is talking about, it all runs together with the things he said to his disciples and the things that he's saying to them at the table, as well as the things that he's saying to the church in 2022. And in about 23 minutes, in 33 minutes, in 2023, for all things are now ready. Next verse. But they all with one accord, I need you to hear this, began to make excuses. Now I want you to know Jesus is not saying this. This is not a fable. This is not something that he is making assumptions about. He's the one who knows everything. He knows about all of us. And he said, they all with one accord, everybody who was invited, Minister Joanne, can you imagine everything was ready? Can you imagine a great master has a great supper and you're one of the special invited guests and all of them with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I bought a piece of ground. I'm a property owner. I got to take care of that. You know, I'm going to build a vacation home on it. I, I, I got to take care of this. And I must go and see to it. I ask you to have me excused. Next verse. And another said, I have bought five oxen. And I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Next verse. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. This brother was related to Adam. <laughs> you know that woman you gave me? <laughs> She's been the source of a lot of issues. I gotta go, I gotta see about that. I don't have time to do anything else. So they all had their what? Excuses. Excuses are very convenient, but we all make them. There's no one who hasn't made an excuse for something that you weren't committed to or something that wasn't on top of your priority list. Even if the thing that you're invited to do is more important because I want to do this, it's important to me. And that's what Jesus is trying to communicate to them who are all sitting around the table. He's talking to people who showed up for the dinner. Why is he telling the story, Shalena, about people who didn't come to people who were there? Selah. Why is he talking to the people who showed up? We all showed up tonight. But if you'll listen, Jesus is talking to you. He always, he wants us to grow. He wants us to be as sold out to do 
our father's business as he was. He was so committed to that, that when he was hungry, he delayed eating. There was a day the disciples went into town to get food and they came back and they saw Jesus talking to a woman at the well. The first thing there, what are you doing talking to her? Don't you know she's a Samaritan? And they said, aren't you, don't you want to eat? He said, I got food that you know not of. My meat and my drink is to do the will of him that sent me. He's saying the thing that nourishes me, the thing that nourishes my soul is obedience to my father who sent me here for a purpose. There's nothing more than that. That's what Job meant when he said, I esteem the word of your mouth more than my necessary food. Oh, that God would get us to be so hungry and thirsty for him that that would be the top priority. Nothing else matters. The one who gives us breath, the one who gives us life, may that one, the only one, none beside him, be our number one priority. And may every excuse be cast out. Let's go past Adam, verse 20. Verse 21, verse 21. So that servant came and reported these things to, to his master. What did that servant have to report? Nothing but excuses. Not one person responded to the invitation. Nothing but excuses. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant. The master of the house got angry. The ma this, these are Jesus' words. The master of the house. Paul says, this, says it this way. It's a terrible thing to fall into the hands. Somebody repeat that. Somebody finish the verse. Of an angry God. But the master of the house being angry said to his servant, what's the next two words? Go out, go out, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city. He's talking to people who are in a nice house at a nice supper who are comfortable with people they relate to, with people who are like them, people who also have money like them. He said, go out. And I want you, when you go out, I want you to go into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. No doubt, Pastor, oh, somebody said, Jesus, can you pass the peas? <laughs> pass the peas. They're, I think we should eat now because they were not accustomed to interacting with people who were not like them. And they wanted Jesus to know, we think you're special. That's why we invited you. Not everybody gets to come to this party. You gotta be the right kind of people to come to this party. Not everybody gets invited. So you ought to feel privileged to be here. And he's telling them a parable and said, for those who were invited, the master was angry and said, go out and bring 
the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. Verse 22. Verse 22. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded. And still there is room. Leave that up for a minute. I want, I want to say something. By the Spirit of God. One of the songs that was sang said, I'm no more a slave. You remember that song? I want to talk just a minute on the difference between a slave and a servant. Now, we just heard in this text that all of them with one accord made excuses. But there was one servant who was obedient to the master and who went out and did what he said and came back and said, all that you have commanded is done. May that be our testimony. May we be able to stand before the master and say, all that you have commanded is done. Whatever you said, that's what I did. It's done. A slave, you ready for this? Slave versus servant. A slave fights for their rights. A servant lays down their rights. A servant lays down their rights because they do what the master tells them to do. For a slave, the master gets hard labor out of them by force. For a servant, they submit and they yield to the master. It's an act of the will. A slave works against their will. A servant works according to the will of their master. Can you see the difference? How many servants are in the room? How many have the heart of a servant who are willing to lay down their rights? You don't have to fight for your rights. You are, really, you, you are a royal priesthood. You're a peculiar people. You're a chosen nation. The most dangerous people in the world are people of God who don't fight back. Because when I hold my peace, when you hold your peace, the Lord fights your battle. That will tenderize your heart and make you pray for people who are fighting against you. They don't know they're fighting against God. And because you know that, you'll pray for them. You'll, that's how you pray for your enemy. That's why you pray for the, your enemy, because they don't know what they're doing. It's like the prayer Jesus prayed on the cross. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Verse 23, there's still room. Then the master said to the servant, what's the next two words? Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Because in my father's house, there are many mansions. We got to fill this thing up. Last verse. Last verse here. Verse 24. For I say to you, now Jesus is getting personal. If they didn't know what he was talking about before, he's going to bring it home. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. If you want to taste my supper, you need to do what I say. If all you have is excuses, I'm going to bring somebody else in. 
I had enough of excuses. I'm gonna go get some people, and I there are not there are not enough poor and lame and blind to fill up my house. So I'm gonna get some other folk. Jesus is saying, you have released me to be the savior of the world because those who were invited had excuses. So now I need a few faithful people to go out and compel others to come in. God is saying to us, New Covenant, this is the season to go out and compel those to come in. People don't come just because we're here. People come when the people of God go out because they see something that they can't find in the world. It's not like that cozy dinner party that the chief Pharisee was having. Jesus said, go out. This isn't the will of God that you do it this way. Go out and compel them to come in that my house may be full. That's the reason for consecration. When a consecrated people go out, things happen. Ezekiel 44, 4 and 5. I got a few more minutes. Somebody say, go out. Ezekiel chapter 44, two verses, 4 and 5. And he brought me by way of the north gate to the front of the temple. So I looked and behold, hear this, the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. The glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord and I fell on my face. I want to tell you in the presence of a holy God that the day is coming where the glory of the Lord is going to fill this house and people are going to fall on their faces. Those that know God and those that are being introduced to him because of his glory. Just as he showed Ezekiel, God's going to show some of us that his glory is going to fill the house and people are going to fall on their faces. That's going to happen because the people of God, as we are consecrated, are going to go out. And it's going to be so compelling that people will know that God is real. I heard something the other day that broke my heart. I was watching a news channel and there was a person, a pretty famous anchor, who was talking about some political event and he said here's another prayer that didn't get answered I stopped what I was doing and I said this person has great intellect but they don't know that you're real they don't know it's almost mocking God God wants to show himself to a dying world as being the true and living God. There are some healing waters that are going to be released, but those waters flow from the temple, from the people of God. When the glory of God comes, we come here, we gather together to be in his presence, but then, just as Ezekiel saw, the water go flowing out from the temple, and first it went up to his ankle, then it went up to his knee, then his waist, then the water was so deep you had to swim in it.
You had to swim in it. There's going to be water that flows, which represents the Spirit of God that flows from this house. Let's read verse 5. And the Lord said to me, Ezekiel 44 and 5, And the Lord said to me, Son of man, mark well. Mark well. See with your eyes and hear with your ears all that I say to you concerning all the ordinances of the house of the Lord and all its laws. Mark well who may enter the house and all who say the next two words, go out from the house. It is the will of God that in this season that we bear fruit. Generally, as the people of God, we covet gifts. We covet gifts. We want to, we want to, we embrace the prophetic. Nothing wrong with that. But gifts, the, God laughs at those who boast in gifts. The reason is, he's the giver of every good and every perfect gift. He knows that he's the source of gifts. What God desires is fruit. Jesus said his father desires that we have fruit and that that fruit remain. So how do we grow spiritually to the point that we are fruitful? That no matter where we go when we go out, if I'm a teacher, when I go down the halls, things happen. People know that there's something, there's something different about you. They're drunk. That's what it means to compel. You are compelling. You're a compelling witness just by showing up. Let's talk about growth. Physical growth comes with time. Is there anyone in the room who came out of the womb the size that you are right now? Okay, no takers. Physical growth comes with time. But time has nothing to do with spiritual growth. Hebrews 5, 12, and 14. You can just write that down. We don't have time to go through it. Hebrews 5, 12, and 14 talks about that. Paul says, when you ought to be teaching someone else, you need to be taught. When you should have been on strong meat, you still need milk. So he was talking to those people who had been in the way but don't know the way, they're just in the way, and they're, they're not growing. So time is not a variable that impacts spiritual growth. Intellectual growth comes from learning. Physical growth comes with time. Intellectual growth comes from what? But according to 2 Timothy 3 and 7, learning has nothing to do with spiritual growth. Paul warned Timothy about people who were ever learning and never, come on, never coming into the knowledge of truth. So time and learning have nothing to do with spiritual growth. 
So what is the what is the root that causes growth spiritually? It's one word. Obedience. Spiritual growth comes from obedience. 1 Samuel 5, 22 and 26. The difference between David and Samuel, between David and Saul, was Saul listened and followed and wanted to be honored by men and women. So what he did was he did not do what God told him to do, and he did what he thought the people wanted. And when the kingdom was taken, even after the kingdom was taken, he said to Samuel, honor me in front of the elders and my people. God just took, you're no longer in God. You have bigger issues and you're worried about how you look. There are two enemies that God wants to get rid of in 2023. Offense. Offense, which is Satan's greatest snare. And we're going to, he's going to cleanse us of that. And the second is self-importance. That was Saul's problem. But David knew that the same God who caused me to take care of a lion and a bear will help me in anything that I do. When David had decisions to make, whether it was war or family, he inquired of the Lord. So what does obedience look like? Why? How is it that I can learn? I can read the Bible every day and not grow spiritually. How is that possible? Shouldn't I grow just by reading the Word? It's by doing. See, obedience is in the doing. If I read it and I never do it, I'm rebellious. And that's like the sin of witchcraft. That's what Samuel told Saul, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. So if I read the word every day and I never do what it says, am I agreeing with God? Am I in alignment with God? Am I in the will of God? I might as well read a novel. It is obedience and obedience comes from doing what God says because as I do it, I'm transformed from glory to glory. I'm more like him. I'm less like myself and more like him because I'm following the instruction that he gives. So we read the word of God with purpose, not just as hearers only, but doers. You can hear the word every day, seven days a week, eight days a week if you like. And if you don't do it, you won't grow spiritually. You got to eat the whole loaf. That's what God said to Ezekiel, to eat the whole loaf. It'll be bitter in your, your mouth, but it'll be sweet in your belly. There's something that God wants to do with us in 2023 that he's going to do. He's going to prepare us to go out. But as we go out, People are going to come in because they know that God is real. They know that God is real. Janine prayed about the book of Acts and letting it come to pass. The reason the early church, the first century church was so successful because people saw signs, that's God. Can't nobody do that but God. There's no imitation. There's nothing fake about that.
And when they were threatened and told not to say anything in Jesus' name, which is happening today, you can say God all you want. You can say God in a generic form. Nobody's going to bother you. But say Jesus in the public square. I just got something the other day, and I asked some of my friends from Ghana what it was about. The police department in Ghana told the prophets on New Year, which already came, came in there, to stop prophesying because you're causing people to be fearful and anxiety is going up. And there was one prophet who responded, a prophet is God's messenger. There's nothing you can do to stop the word of God. You need to focus on crime and some other things and get out of God's business. May God give us boldness, the kind of boldness that will cause us to do what he says in spite of who says otherwise. It doesn't matter what the culture says. I'm on the Lord's. Who's on the Lord's side? We're almost coming to 2022. I want to read one last thing in your hearing before we prepare to enter in to 2022. Oh, we're going to go out of 2022. Before we go out, go out of 2022 and go into 2023. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm cleaning that thing up. Ezekiel 47 and 12, real quick. I want you to hear this. This is a prophetic utterance for the house. As we obey the voice of God and go out, it says, along the bank of the river, on this side and that, will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither, and their fruit, see God wants fruitfulness, will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. Leave that up there. Somebody needs to get that in their spirit. Pastor Wangoi, God is saying that from this place, the glory of God is going to be so strong that people are going to fall on their face. And as the people of God go out, there's going to be a flowing. Jesus said it this way, out of your bellies shall flow rivers of living waters. And when there is a consecrated people who have that water in their bellies, that water is for healing. It's for healing people who have anxiety and sickness and all manner. That healing is the presence of God. It's for in their leaves are for medicine. In heaven, there's a tree with 12 men or fruit. And that, that fruit is for the healing of the nation. David in Psalm 1 talked about the righteous. He said, we shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and their fruit that we will produce in our season. And whatever we do shall prosper and our leaves also will not wither. No drought can cause the leaves to wither because we're planted by a river 
a river of living water. These are living waters. That means it flows. It flows. There needs to be a flowing out. When I come and I just hear the word, that's something coming in. But God says, go out so you can release it because people need to be healed. People need to be whole. People need to be delivered. People need to know that God is real. People need to know that God is alive. People need to know that God is a healer. People need to know that God has all power. There's nothing too hard for him. There are too many people who are groping in the darkness. And God is saying the time has come. The time has come for the healing waters to flow. I'm watching the time. It's 11.55. For the healing waters to flow. And those waters are going to flow as we go out. As we go out from this place, from the presence of the glory of God, the healing waters are going to flow. They're going to flow in your home. Where there are things in your home that you don't approve of because something is going to be flowing from your belly. People will put their hand over their mouth. Their behavior will change because they see something that's compelling. They see that God is in this place. It will cause those who've been irreverent in the past to begin to inquire. To begin to inquire. It's going to change some hearts. It's going to change some minds. It's going to change some attitudes as the people of God do the will of God. God is going to show up. The glory of God. The glory of God. Somebody say go out. Somebody say go out. We're living in a time that even the children don't want to go out because they're tethered to their devices. But God is saying to his people, it's time to go out. It's time to go out. The fields are already ripe. The master of the house said, everything is made ready. It's made ready. I just need you to compel people to come in. They need to know that they're invited. They thought the invitation was only for a special type of people. But my house is going to be full with all kind of people. That's why he described people who are not like the people who are sitting around the table. Because that's the will of God. That's the heart of God. Let us pray. We're, we're two minutes from 2023. God, we thank you for the grace to make it through hard trials and tribulations. We've come through. You've brought us this far. There are many who didn't make it, but you saw fit for us to see in one and a half minutes, 2023. Some of us thought we would have been gone, but you've kept us by your power. You've kept us according to the multitude of your mercy. And now, God, we say thank you. We don't come to ask for anything. We come to say thank you. Thank you for life. Thank you for a portion of health. Thank you for keeping us in our right mind. When we could have lost our minds, 
You send a word. Thank you for the healing, for you are a healer. We've seen your work. We've seen your hand. We've seen your glory. We've tasted your goodness. We've tasted your goodness. We pray that many would taste and see that you are good, that they would come to trust in you. As we enter into 2023, Lord, don't let us fail. We want to be your bride. We want to sit at your table in nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Happy New Year! Come on, lift your voices. We made it. Another year. Happy New Year. 2023. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.